You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back to the program. It is hour three of The Big Show with Russick and Rose. No George Russick. I'm Matty Rose. He's Peter Klein. We have JVP and Azam in the other room. Live in the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Do you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings? Visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. They are all things basementy. Couple guests coming up in the hour number three. Uh, we have the Speargrass Golf Show coming up in about 30 minutes time. A little bit less than that. Mitch Fox from Speargrass is going to join us. There was a historic round played there last weekend. We'll ask him about that and his thoughts on the PGA playoffs. We also got our plays of the week to end the program. So lots to get to still. But right now, we go down the Alice Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to chat with Renee Paradis, Calgary Stampeders, a place kicker, 2,000 points on the career as of last week. It will be his 200th CFL game this weekend. He is a two-time Great Cup champion, a five-time All-Star, and a one-time Special Teams Player of the Year. Good morning, Renee. How's it going? Morning, Maddie. How you doing? Oh, we're doing good. I got no complaints. Um, things continue to chug along here as they do for the Calgary Stampeders. Um, I want to go through milestones in your career because this has been a, a significant little stretch for you. But obviously, we got to talk about the way the team has been playing lately. Um, a tough loss over the weekend. Now you're just getting set for a, a trip out to Montreal to play the Alouettes. Just how do you feel the group is playing right now and, and maybe feeling about the way that they're playing right now? Um, I think we're playing okay. Obviously, our record doesn't show that uh, we're playing very well. But, um, you know, the offense is starting to pick it up. Um, defense, you know, they always play well. But, you know, as a team, we got to be more consistent. Um, you know, the offense plays well one day. The special teams play bad the other day. So uh, we got to be more consistent as a group. And I think we'll, if, we, if we do that, we'll be on the, the right direction. You're, you're a captain of this team. Um, obviously, a big, big factor on special teams, which in the CFL is just as equal a phase as the offense and the defense. Just how much do you kind of have a leadership role for the overall team being the place kicker? Uh, you know, I can try to do it by, by example. I mean, I used to go out there and, and do my job and, and show the guys how I prepare for the week. Um, you know, I'm not a big uh, rah-rah guy. Um, um, so I used to try to lead, lead by example and, uh, you know, motivate the guys on the sideline and make sure they, they stay focused throughout the game. One of the moments that I wanted to ask you about was one of the recent games against Saskatchewan. You go out, there's the late touchdown given up, which kind of made the, the game that much more dicey. Your offense goes out, gets you a couple plays, gets you out to the 50-yard line, and you hit the game winner. Not the first time that you've hit the game winner in your career, but what are those emotions like? Do they change when you've done it before? Do they change based on when it is in the season? Because that was a big moment, 50-yarder to win that game against Saskatchewan and on the road. Yeah, I mean, I think they're all the same. Uh, you know, when there's time time left in the clock here in the CFL, you you got to stay ready. Um, you know, Bo has done it so many times, moved the ball up, uh, give me a chance to, uh, you know, kick the game winner, and uh, Jake did that last uh, week. Um, you know, I, was, I stayed ready, stayed prepared, and, yeah, I mean, those uh, those game winners are definitely fun. Um, they're more fun when you do them in Saskatchewan, so uh, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> now, do you – 
Are the are the emotions different of going out for that kick now compared to when you first came into the league? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I take I take every kick the same. Um, you know, if you watch if you watch the games, um, right before I'm kicking the ball, I'm super super serious and focused. So. Even if it's an extra point, you you see the same demeanor. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I stay I stay the same whether it's an extra point or a 50, 50 yard uh, game winner. So, um, that's what I've been doing my whole career, and it uh, seems to be working. So, I'll keep uh, keep doing that. I I would say it's working. Two thousand points sounds like it's working. Um, that that was the the latest milestone that you reached. Um, did that number like it, it's a nice big round number? Did did that one feel a little <laughs> bit extra special to you? Oh yeah, man. I mean, the 500 field goals and the 2,000 points—it's—it's uh, huge. Uh, you know, I, I knew they were coming up very soon, and um, and I knew last year it was going to happen this year. So the, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to come back. Um, not only to win a Grey Cup, but you know, try to reach those milestones. And uh, and you know, I'm super, super grateful, super humbled, and um, you know, I never thought in a million years I'd be in that position, but. Um, yeah, super humbled and grateful for it. If I'm not mistaken, before you got there, right on the cusp of it, they ran a, a fake field goal play on a, a third and three situation. <laughs> Do you go to the coaches at that point? Like, really? Now we're doing this? Now? You couldn't have waited until I hit one? Like, <laughs> we're doing this now? Yeah, well, I actually didn't know we were running the, field, uh, the fake until I got on the field. And usually Cody takes his time coming off to, to the ball, to the tee. And all of a sudden, I see Tommy, like, rushing over here. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and then I then, then I noticed it was Tommy. So, you know, when Tommy's in, we were running that play. So, we're not we're not definitely not kicking. So, um, I knew right away we were running uh, the fake. So, yeah, I, it didn't bother me. I knew, I knew at some point it was going to happen. Now, when there's a fake, do you how much do you commit to your block or, or maybe the route <laughs> that you're going to run on the outside? Well, on that fake, all I got to do is just run uh, to the sideline. So <laughs> I don't have, I really don't have to block anybody or, or anything like that. So I just, you know, pull, pull my man away and make sure he stays away from uh, Tommy. Uh, you said before you, you like to, to lead by example with kind of how you handle things and how you prepare. What is a, a week in the life of a, a kicker like? Like what's your, your average week getting ready for a, a game like? Uh, well, nowadays I don't kick as much as I used to before. Um, you know, I try to save my leg. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, day one is, uh, you know, I got my field goal period. We do a little bit of long sides here and there. Uh, day two is like kind of my day off. And uh, day three as today is my big work late day. So I got my kickoffs, my field goals, um, you know, my field goal periods and all that stuff. So, you know, I want, I want to hang up. I can go go to meetings and then go get ready for the game in Montreal. Uh, you mentioned kickoffs. Um, I, I thought that you, you put a real charge in the one at the, the end of the game when it, when it was tied. Did you have a, an eye on an, <laughs> a, another point on, on that kickoff, much like what happened with uh, Saskatchewan and Edmonton earlier this year? Yeah, I did. Uh, I knew I had the win in my back. Um, I know Caleb told me that, you know, the point, the point matters here, so uh, go for it. So I did. You kind of aggravate my hip a bit, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right. Yeah, we're good to go. And, uh, yeah, I was trying to get, I was trying to get the, that point and win the game. 
there's a few things I wanted to get into historically because you kind of follow your career, Renee, born in Venezuela, grew up in Quebec, played your high school ball in Miami, and then played your college ball at Concordia, and then ended up with the Calgary Stampeders after a little bit of time with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on their practice squad, stuff like that. Um, when did Calgary feel like home to you? Oh, man, I, I moved, you know, I was going back and forth my first three years. Um, I moved uh, full-time to Calgary in 2014 when I bought my townhome. So mm-hmm. uh, I would say then, back in 2014, uh, you know, a couple of years later, I met my wife. So, um, yeah, I, I, Calgary's been home for a very long time. Uh, I knew once I stayed here for a couple of years, I wanted to stay here. So it was a great city, great place to, to live, and uh, now it's Calgary's home. Have you ever thought about what a mistake the Blue Bombers made by not just uh, getting you in a game there and how different things would have been if if that had been the way your career had gone rather than be here in Calgary? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I know I've talked to Lapo and he's told me many times, uh, you know, I wish we could have kept you, but uh, we didn't have the, the roster spot. So, um, you know, I never, never really thought about it. Uh, I think things happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. And... Um, at that time, uh, I wasn't meant to be in Winnipeg. So a week later, I was in Calgary. So I'm super grateful for that. <laughs> Do you remember your first? Who... Oh, no, go ahead. And who knows if I would have stayed in uh, yeah. Winnipeg, how long I would have been there. So, um, yeah, it's the future or or ask yourself what if. So, um, yeah, I'm super grateful that I uh, ended up in Calgary. Things have gone extremely well for you, without a doubt. Do you remember your first field goal as a member of the Stampeders? And can you tell us about it? Oh, yeah. It was a 50-yarder right, right hash in uh, BC at the old stadium, the soccer stadium. In a, in a victory, right? Uh, no, it was, uh, I think there was like four minutes left. We were winning by six with that field goal. So, but you did end up taking the game in a victory as well. Did first one 50 yards. I'm sure you would have liked it to be like maybe a little bit closer than that. I'm sure you had all the confidence in yourself, but 50 yards is a long one for your first one. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes the story a little bit better. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, sometimes I go in the field and I don't know what I'm kicking to be honest. Um, I I usually don't look at the yard line. I just, you know, go up there and, and, Swing my leg, so um, that, that was 13 years ago. So I can't remember if I knew it was a 50 yarder or not. So, uh, but yeah, I'm glad I made the kick and uh, that started my career here in Calgary. Do you adjust like your your strength differently for like a 30 yarder versus a 50 yarder, or is it just make sure the line is right and just put this thing as deep as I can? Yeah, usually I kick the ball the same all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once I you know once we're over that 48, you know 50. 253 yarders I adjust a bit but um, I usually try to kick the ball the same all the time so yeah and keep, and I gotta make sure I get, have that rhythm that's the biggest thing for me how does it change as the season goes along um, I'm sure you've noticed uh, in your time July in Calgary is a bit different than November <laughs> um, how, how does it, it change in going from kicking in the, the summer to by the time winter comes around I imagine that thing feels like a cinder block yeah, it's it's a lot harder. Uh, you know, the, the field is it's solid hard. The ball is solid hard. Um, the ball doesn't travel as much either. So um, uh, it takes effect on, on your kicking. So, um, you know, your kickoffs are going to be a lot shorter than 
in July. So it definitely affects the, the kicking game. So he's got to adjust. And luckily, I've been doing this for a while. So, um, I, yeah, like I said before, he's, I got to try to keep the same rhythm, hit the hit the ball the same all the time, and and hope for the best. <laughs> I know that you were uh, doing some punting work when you were high school, college as well. But do you remember the first time that you had to punt professionally? Oh yeah. <laughs> Can you tell <laughs> us a the, little uh, bit about it? <laughs> the, yeah, that was the only time, and hopefully the last time I have to do that. But uh, I was in that 2014 Grey Cup when Maver got uh, hit. Yeah. Um, he had a concussion, so. I had to go in and kick uh, three punts in the Grey Cup, which was uh, not fun What for me. <laughs> Why do you say not fun? Like, what's going through your mind when you're like, okay, well, this is a little different than what I was preparing for, and, oh, just the biggest game of the year. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't practice much punting because yeah. uh, I don't think I'm going to go in the game, especially <laughs> in the Grey Cup. So, um yeah, I mean, it's, the biggest thing is, like, I haven't done it in a while. Um, you know, I don't want to screw it up for the team and stuff like that. So it's something I wasn't used to. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was definitely uh, not a wreck. And ended up turning out to be pretty good for you guys in the game. And, and like you mentioned, with the 50-yarder uh, earlier, hey, makes for a pretty good story now that you have it and uh, you have the ring to show for it as well. Uh, I had a question uh, about uh, throwing hits. Like, what goes through your mind when you realize that the coverage hasn't gotten it done and you're probably going to have to throw a hit here on somebody? What is the mentality for Renee at that point? Um, My mentality is just run uh, towards a returner and um, hopefully make make him uh, come back in so all the guys could tackle him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not really trying to... I'm I'm 38 years old. I'm yep. not really trying to go in there. Uh, but if I have to, I have to, right? So I think I did it here in Ottawa in one of the kickoffs. But, uh, yeah, I'm trying to avoid that if I can. Could Cody Grace throw and a honestly, hit? <laughs> yeah, he'll go down there. He's a bit bigger than me. He, you know, he played Aussie football, so um, he, he'll, he'll get in there if he has to. Uh, you've had a couple of guys who have kind of run that battery with you. Rob Maver was there forever. Now it is Cody Grace. Can you just tell us what it's like to be around Cody a little bit? He's the global player, Australian coming up here, and obviously played in the NCAA for a little bit before joining the CFL, but uh, seems to be another mainstay here with Calgary right now. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a great player, man. He's a great guy. Uh, we get along very well. Um, ever since day one, we've, uh, had a good, uh, relationship. He's, uh, he's a two-time all-star now, I think, I think mm-hmm. in three years. So, uh, yeah, great player, great guy. Uh, we get along very well and he's, uh, he works harder, very, very hard at what he does. So, um, he's done a great job ever since he got here and, you know, he's any, any advice he needed, uh, I gave it to him and, you know, he's gone He's done very well. There's just some individuals that I've thought of that I was wondering if I could ask you about your relationship with them and how they've impacted your career. Um, the first one would be Rob Maver, the longtime punter for the Calgary Stampeders, who, if I'm not mistaken, you got your start because he was supposed to be the place kicker and he got hurt, which gave you an opportunity and one that you never relinquished. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, me and Maybe talk about that all the time. You know, like <laughs> if he he didn't get hurt, I wouldn't uh, be in Calgary, and he would have been the punter for so many years. So, like you said, everything happens for a reason. Um, to this day, I still stay in touch with him. He's a he's a great guy. Um, you know, we had a very very long career together, and you know, we were very happy about it. So, um, yeah, and then Cody Grace now is another great holder, a great punter. So. I've had a couple of uh, great punters in my career. How about the longtime quarterback for you, Bo Levi Mitchell? What did he mean to your career, and what's that relationship like? Well, he won a lot of games for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he started as, as my holder, so we, you know, ever since he came in, we we had a great relationship. Um, yeah, we played ten years together. Uh, you know, we won a lot of games together. Two great cups. Um, and I think he's back tonight, so I'm glad to see him mm-hmm. back in the CFL playing. And how about your special teams coordinator for quite some time now, Mark Killam? Yeah, man, he's the best. He's the best. He's definitely, uh, you know, when I came in, he he just started as special teams coach, and he's he's grown to be one of the best in the league. So, uh, you know, we we have a a thing in the special teams rule that we, we try to work hard as much as we can and get better at anything we can. So, and he's done that as well. And he's, uh, I'm glad he picked me uh, 13 years ago. Is there anybody else that you kind of think about as you're going to be getting set for career game 200 here? It's going to be out in Montreal a little bit, I guess, kind of closer to home for you, if you will. Are you going to have some people in attendance? And and who are you going to be thinking about as that game gets underway? Uh. Yeah, my whole, my whole family is going to be there. Uh, obviously, uh, I wish my, my wife and my kids were there. But, yeah, my brothers, my, my parents are going to be there, a couple of my friends. So it's just crazy how uh, my 200 game is going to be at home. So uh, I'm, I'm super excited about it. Um, you know, we haven't played in there in four years. So it'll be good to go back and uh, hopefully win a game too. Man, it's been so great watching your career the entire way, uh, especially here, uh, 38 years old. Just keep absolutely crushing it, dude. We're, we love watching it. Keep up the good success. Uh, all the best of luck here in Montreal this weekend, hey? Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Great chat. No problem. Always appreciate it. That is Renee Paradis, uh, kicker for the Calgary Stampeder. Uh, not yet, but Hall of Famer? Yeah, 100%. Without a doubt? Yeah, no question. Couple great cup rings, five-time All-Star, uh, special teams play of the year once, two thousand points, two thousand points, consistent part of like a five hundred made field goals. Yeah, consistent part of one of the best teams in the league for a pretty good stretch there. Yeah, two hundred games played. Yeah, exactly. One of the linchpins of the. I don't know if you can use the word dynasty, but you know when Stampeders were just going to Grey Cups left, right, and center. They yeah, won the twenty eighteen. Between 2014 and 2018, the team was very, very good. Yes. Yeah, they were kind of the model franchise, and his consistency was a big part of that. Well, until Lewis Ward entered the league, he had the the record for make percentage in the CFL. Lewis Ward has come in for the Red Blacks and been one of the better kickers that we've seen join the league lately in recent years. But excellent stuff. Can yeah. you imagine? That's so funny. Just the practice squad guy for the Blue Bombers. And it's not even to say like the Stampeders like saw something where like this is the guy like we have to get him in yeah because he came here and he was the backup to Rob Maver right who ended up being one of the better punters that we've ever seen yes. in the Stampeders 
But that was supposed to be the place kicker. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, we've been scouting this guy for years. He finally came yeah, available. It was exactly. well, we needed someone, and he was there. Yeah. So and now he's just stuck around. Yeah. Thirty eight um, years old. He was very kind to Maver on the. Yeah, Maver got hit. Maver got hit. Smoked. He got smoked. Yeah. I remember we had uh, Bo in uh, after they were done celebrating and everything like that. I was like. Once you guys win and you find out he's okay, like, is there a grace period? Or, and then you just start making fun of him? Like, how, how long do you wait before you start making fun of your guy for just getting lit up on national TV in the Great Cup? He said, immediately. Immediately. Yeah, as soon as, as he, you okay? As, you got crushed. As soon as he was conscious again. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, hey, get him some smelling salts. I need to make fun of him. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to hear my chirp. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. I got to get it out while it's still original and no one steals it. Yeah. But I, I, I like he's just like he's honest about yeah I don't try to tackle these guys why would I try to tackle them I'm not a tackle I'm yeah. a kicker 38 years old guys yeah I'm gonna put him to the inside and hope that somebody can make a play for me yeah I hope I never have to punt again and I'm not tackling anyone yeah last time he tried to make a tackle he took a nasty stiff arm oh that's right and he face smashed the dude <laughs> earlier this season um, but uh, big thanks to the Stampeders for setting that up and yeah. big thanks for uh, to Renee Paradis for taking some time. Here on a Friday, uh, tomorrow's a travel day for him. Looks like it might be a rainy day of practice today, yeah, but kind of gross. Nah, that's no problem. I don't know what's what's the weather look like in Montreal. Does anybody know what the weather's like in Montreal this weekend? I haven't been keeping up on my Montreal forecast. You haven't, hey? I don't no. have it. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, tomorrow uh, is Sunday. I don't care about tomorrow. Okay, Tomorrow's well, it's raining tomorrow. Uh, okay, Sunday okay. is sunny and twenty-four. Oh. Perfect. That's a beautiful day for football. Yeah. Beautiful day for kicking field goals. Yeah. If you're Renee Paradis, 200th career game. Family and friends will be in attendance. Love to see it. Uh, around the corner, Speargrass Golf Show's next. We got one segment to go before we hit the weekend. Woo. We're going to uh, ask Peter Klein what his favorite moments of the week were, and then we're going to play the best of the moments of the week that Garrett Vanderplug has created as well. Got it all whipped up and ready to go. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Cook's been ki- uh, cooking in the kitchen? Yes. Cook's I've been, been cooking. cooking. Cook's been cooking? Been cooking, yeah. Can we add that real quick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll try. <laughs> well, uh, your day part's going to roll over in two and a half minutes, which tells me you probably can. Yes. Shop Talk. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome to your Friday. Hi. Hello. How's it going? Good, thank you. Sup, PK? Just chilling. Last segment of the day. Yeah, 26 minutes left of my most recent morning show run. Oh, I wish it was Good longer. No, you don't. Longer. Appreciate you lying. Yeah, though. well, <laughs> did what I could. <laughs> GVP, you've created something beautiful to end the show with? Yes. Is it better or worse than last week? Last week was pretty good, but I gave it my best shot. <laughs> last week was very good. I didn't give you as many. Uh, there wasn't as much. I I don't even want to say it. Ball, I, <laughs> Balzac. Yeah. The, mm. the great town of Balzac. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zom's in the other room as well. Uh, we give the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline another workout. 15-time Consumer Choice Award winner at 66 Memorial Drive Northeast. For pickup or delivery, call 403-248-3344. You know what it is. It's time for the Speargrass Golf Show uh, brought to you by Speargrass Golf Course. And we go down the Speargrass. We go down the guest hotline for the Speargrass Golf Show to talk to Mitch Fox from Speargrass. Hi, Mitch. How's it going, man? 
I'm good. How are you guys doing? We are doing very well. Uh, I wanted to start here. Uh, I had a message from Alberta Golf about the Alberta Golf Tour event that happened out at Speargrass last weekend. Yeah. Uh, there was a young gentleman by the la- by the name of Taylor Tyler Kidd, 15 years old. He had a hole-in-one on hole number seven, the par three, and then he had an albatross on hole number 13, the par five. Just a thought on what went down at your uh, course there last weekend. Yeah, I was I was in I was out there doing the uh, first tee and stuff, and had heard about uh, or announcing everyone off. But then, yeah, I think through after he made Albatross on thirteen, I started getting some messages <laughs> about uh, the course record was in danger. So yeah, um, pretty crazy. Even thirteen, I don't know if anyone's up been out to Speargrass. It's about five ninety, so we have a couple <laughs> shorter par fives that are five hundred yards, but this is not the one you use the Albatross is the. 13 out there so yeah it's pretty crazy because they were playing from the tips and 590 he did it in two strokes for those zone that's an albatross on a par five yeah six holes after making a hole in one too do you (laughs) do you know what the distance was on his drive no i had heard he hit hybrid in and it the front of the green's pretty firm like the Mm -hmm. front you you gotta carry about 50 yards short you and then you can kind of roll it up. Supposedly it landed uh, 30, 40 yards short and rolled up. But I'm I'm not 100% sure on those facts, but that's what I've heard. Because that's the long one right before you get to the elevated par 3, correct? Yeah, that's yeah. 13 is <laughs> the hole you see when you drive it. Yeah. yeah. Right along there. yeah. It's, it's got the bunker that's this, the length of a touchdown, uh, the length of a CFL field off on the left-hand side. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't want to be down in that bunker. No, you certainly do Might not. Never see her again. Yeah, she <laughs> she is deep down there for sure. How's Speargrass looking, man? It's great time awesome. to get out there and, and get around yeah. in. Yeah, it's I think I'd say it's the best shape it's been all year. It just keeps getting better and better, so we're pretty excited about it. Um yeah, it's I this is the best I've seen it. We've made some more upgrades to our tournament structure and stuff where we got a patio getting set up up there now too for awesome. when we have tournaments um yeah so we just keep making improvements um every day so it's I, been it's been a good year i know you did a little bit of work to some of those last three holes kind of the the marquee holes out at Speargrass. things have grown in real nicely there yeah we did uh we had to repair 18 we have we tend to have some problems with it once in a while but we uh try to keep on top of it and keep ahead of things and yeah so we just had to do some resodding and a little contouring of the different contouring of the green and stuff. And I think the, impro- the changes they made have improved it and made it uh, even more playable. So it's, uh, yeah, it's good. everything's good. Uh, with different tournaments that we've seen on the PGA, I think like U.S. Opens and things like that, if someone gets a, a round or two that's a little low, they'll, they'll try to make things a bit different. When a kid drops an albatross on a R5 that's 590, you're like, well, that's never happening again. We're moving the bunker around. Like, Are we making some changes so that kid never yeah. has this easy of a time um, again? I, yeah, I don't think we're going to make any changes on the whole. Uh, <laughs> we're going to kind of hope that no one makes a hole-in-one in an albatross in the same round again. But... but at the same time, it's awesome to see. We were it was pretty cool to see it happen out there. Um, yeah, it was just shocking the hole it happened on. Like this, yeah. we have some par fives that that's. When I first heard, I kind of thought it was fifteen. Where if he hit a big drive and yeah. I assume he hits it pretty long, he'd have nine iron in or something. But yeah, I don't think we'll make it. We did make some changes on that hole earlier earlier this year, just around the green. But 
on the chipping areas and stuff. But obviously, when you make a two, you're not worrying about uh, chipping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not looking at, hey, we can get this thing like 610, 615. We can, we can yeah, really yeah. expand this. <laughs> I think next year they show up. I might have to tuck the pin behind the bunker to ensure. Oh boy! There's, there's no twos on that whole back to back year. <laughs> um, it, it's it seemed like from afar that this would be a, a bit of a difficult year at times to to get a golf course set up with, with the, the rain we've had. We've had hail, the, the odd tornado warning mixed in just to keep us on our toes. How, how challenging ha- has this year been out there? I know it's been a really it's been a tough year for our maintenance crew and stuff. Like the course has been perfect, but they've mm-hmm. I know they've been stressed right from the start. Uh, I think it started with the winter we had. Um, I don't know if you've played around Alberta much this year, but the odd course, so you can see some winter kill out there that on courses that don't usually have it. Um, I think we didn't get the Chinooks we usually get, and yeah. it just we got rain out at our place in December, and then it just froze for a while. Mm-hmm. So. I know our super has been pretty stressed and it's been a long year, but um, they've been on top of everything. And so they got nothing to worry about because it's been in, it's been in awesome shape. Like I've been saying, Mitch Fox, uh, course pro from Speargrass golf course, joining us for the Speargrass golf show here on Sportsnet 960. The fan. I just wanted to ask about spectating tournaments out here in Alberta. Like you had this Alberta golf tour event uh, out at your course. There's a whole bunch coming up here as well. Like you can look at the, um, Fortnet Cup. the The final is being played here for the PGA Tour of Canada. We obviously have the Shot Charity Classic coming up with the Champions Tour, and then next year the Ladies Tour is coming here for the Canadian Open, playing at courses all across the city. It just feels like yeah. there's some great spectating opportunities for Calgary, and and does it feel like Calgary's just more on the map now for golf as a whole? Yeah, I'd say so. I think we've always been near the top for per capita kind of golfers for in calgary so i think we've always been a golf crazed city um there's new events popping up all the time i know uh a few weeks ago i was fortunate enough to play a tournament called the mickelson invitational mm-hmm. which was out at mickelson and they had uh, a couple nhl players playing it uh, 45 of the top amateurs and 45 of the top pros are from around mostly western canada this year but i know they have plans to build it even more and more um, so I'd like to give a shout out to them a little bit. I was fortunate to play that, and it was a very well-run event. And then, yeah, we got the McKenzie Tour. I think it's PGA Tour Canada called now. Yeah, um, coming to Country Hills for a, few, uh, a bunch of years, and I think that's their Tour Championship, I believe, this mm-hmm. year is that one. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think everyone comes to Calgary, and even when I used to play full time out there, everyone, I think Calgary was always one of the cities people look forward to coming to, just as a city. And then, yeah, I think. Uh, we have a ton of golfers in Calgary, and it obviously shows if you're trying to get a tee time on a weekend out here. So, <laughs> yeah, it sure does, especially on at this hour on a Friday. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you just something that kind of popped into my mind: Is there um, a tournament in particular, and maybe a course that it has to be played at? But is there a tournament in particular that you would like to go and be a spectator of the guys on tour? We just had the Open played at uh, Royal Liverpool. There's Pebble Beach, there's Augusta, there's this huge list, obviously, but is there one that maybe stands out to you? Well, I think not for me personally, maybe, but I know for the general golf fan, the waste management always stands out right away. Mm -hmm. I think that event's probably drawn more people in the golf than any other event. Um, I know I have friends and family even that have never played golf, but they'll go down and watch that tournament, which is (laughs) kind of crazy. Um, But for me personally, I, I like going to an event that's 
you get to watch the best players in the world and then on a top course in the world. If you can match both of those up, um, those are the events that I, lo- I love the chance to be able to go watch. I've been fortunate enough to go down to the Genesis a couple times, mm-hmm. watch Tiger Woods play down there on Riviera, and that's always a treat. But that's one of the, my favorite ones that I've gotten to go to, um, mostly because of Tiger Woods, obviously, I'm sure. But, yeah, anytime you get to see a good venue or – like the waste management, a, a good party. I think people like to go. <laughs> I wanted to ask you something that we were talking about earlier on in the program. Uh, yesterday I was playing a little bit of beer league and I uh, broke my hockey stick and I'm very upset because my other hockey stick is extremely cheap compared to the nice one that broke. And I'm seeing a different difference in, in the results from the two twigs that I operated with in yesterday's game. Is there a piece of gear that you just don't like to replace or you get very annoyed when you have to replace it on the golf course because you know that it might take you a little bit of time to get used to or something along those lines? Yeah. I think on the PGA Tour, that piece of equipment seems to be three woods for some reason. Mm -hmm. I see guys, they have three woods for five, ten years. I know Henrik Stenson, he had that three or five wood for a ton of years. Um, Me personally, it's putters. I think I've had three putters my whole life. Um, so I don't change putters very often at all. Um, but yeah, if a good player finds a shaft that he likes in his driver and he just, it's kind of like a hockey stick. You could find the exact same shaft that has the same specs, but I don't know if it's in your head or that shaft just a little mm. different and it helps and you just don't want to move off it or, or change. And then if eventually they seem to change a little bit and you have no choice, but um yeah, every player is a little different. I'm pretty superstitious with the putter. Everything else I'm kind of okay with changing. Um, but, yeah, I think it depends player to player. I'm a bit more on the, the inexperienced side in this sport to, c- compared to the two other people involved in this conversation. What would make someone move off of the, the putter? Is it just it's not working? Is it damaged in an anger-related incident? Uh, what, what, what would make someone kind of shift away from a putter? I think the main reason would be putting bad. <laughs> I know this guy... <laughs> <laughs> guys, it might not be the putter's fault, but suddenly they call it like a honeymoon phase when you throw a different, a new club in the bag. You seem to play good the next day. Um, I don't know if it just takes away all the mental bad thoughts you had with the old putter, just looking at a new one. But it also seems those bad thoughts creep in pretty fast with the new one as well, um, if you've already been struggling. So you see a lot of guys like I top of my head. I know Justin Rose for a while there. I don't think he has been anymore seem to be changing putters almost every week um i think that's just guys like to have something new that struggle with putting and then guys like me that rely on our putters or i consider myself a good putter are confident with the putter we have Mm -hmm. but someone like them they have no confidence in their putters so they just keep switching it so that they get a new feel every time and yeah so that would be the main reason i think for putters how many rounds does a golf glove last you? Because I just get so annoyed with ripping <laughs> holes in the palm of my golf gloves. Not long enough. Yes. Sure. I think, uh, yeah, it's it's lasting a few, four, three, four rounds. Ugh. I seem to stretch mine out a little too long sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're not alone. I, I, I can't speak for the manufacturers, <laughs> but they seem to be getting a little cheaper and cheaper. But, you f- uh, you find a good one, you let me know, all right? Yeah, I will for sure. I, I, <laughs> I'm using the tailor-made one right now, and it seems pretty good. So. There you go. Um, <laughs> anything you can tell us about Speargrass this weekend? Uh, we do have. I looked this morning before I got on the phone with you, and we do have some openings. I'm not sure if the weather 
forecast and stuff scared everyone away, but it seems to, if anyone sees a drop of rain, they'll cancel all their weekend plans, yeah. but it's kind of common knowledge out at Speargrass that the storms seem to go around us quite often. So if you're looking to get out this weekend, I believe we have some tea times available and would love to have everyone out. Speargrass, love it. Just 35 clicks southeast of the city. Uh, Calgary's most relaxing golf experience uh, that you will find. Love it out there. Uh, and love when I get to say hi, Mitch. Thanks for taking some time today, man. Enjoy your weekend. Yeah, thank you. Have a good day, guys. Yep, you bet. There you go. Mitch Fox, Speargrass Golf Show. Right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. I need to golf more. I think you do. I say that every summer, and then it's like the end of August. Like, well, next year. But I need to. I have a lot of free time now. Like, so. here's the thing. Like, golf is one of those things that I firmly believe that if you only do it two, three, four times a year, it is so much more frustrating than if you do it a dozen to 20 times a year. Right. Because it is one of those things that if you don't practice, you're not going to get any better. Mm-hmm. I say this about video games. Like, if you play a video game consistently, like, a couple times a week, yeah. and you take a month off, it takes a little while to get back on the horse. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah. And I think golf is like that tenfold. Yeah. That's why last couple of seasons to try and keep my game going, try and hit the sim like once a month during the winter too. Oh, okay. Keep keep keeping the flow. Yeah, just yeah. to like try and have a little bit of muscle memory. Yeah. Now, I'm a terrible golfer. I'm not GVP, but this is what I go through <laughs> trying to keep trying to keep this thing on track. I actually um my <laughs> going a little more in depth my therapist was like you need to do something where you're going to accept that you're just bad at it oh golf I, like, is amazing like for with, that it, it may it will catch some people off guard i can tend to be a bit of a perfectionist with literally everything she's <laughs> like just do something you know you're gonna be bad at it's like oh golf 100 percent golf oh like, yeah hit it out oh well that's on the highway uh cool sweet let's yeah, move on just try you and, know what yeah makes well, me feel better i um i'm really good at that just move on thing yeah yeah pretty good at it um, now granted there was that round I was talking about last weekend where I was playing very well and I collapsed, right. but I think it was the booze. <laughs> yeah. It might've been the booze. It I've heard that the, doesn't help. It was the booze. With sometimes the it does though. It, sometimes, sometimes no, it, it does, help. but this, you know what? Tipping point. Oh, there, there, is, is, a, there is a yeah. big tipping point in golf and well, it's about finding that sweet spot. Walking that fine line is actually a skill. I think. Oh, you gotta find with, that without happy a doubt. It's a skill. A hundred percent. Not just in golf, in life. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we all have that buddy who does not know how to walk the line when you go out. No. And habitual they, line crosser. Yeah, yeah, yes. Habitual <laughs> line crosser and rabble rouser. Yes. Typically. Oh. <laughs> typically the yep. rabble is roused. Yes. Yeah. When they uh tiptoe over that line or floor it. That's <laughs> yeah. usually yeah. If it's my group, they usually floor it right over the line. Yeah, no governor, just gone, yeah. way yeah. past the line. See you later, bud. Yeah. Um, we have a few more minutes here before we say goodbye to what has just been an amazing week. An amazing week here on the show. Uh you can grab all the podcasts for all fifteen hours that we've done collectively. Uh Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it, it's all out there. You can find uh our chats on Patrice Bergeron. Mm-hmm. Uh, we chatted to Jason Bukla today. That was a great chat. It was a really good chat. Dave, I enjoyed that. Dave Dickinson was good back on Wednesday. Yep. Um, kind of some foreshadowing. Oh, yeah, we got a few guys hurt. Oh, half the team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Half the team. Great. Yeah. Uh, Shai Davidi joined us. That was all fun. Yeah. What were some of your favorite parts of the week? Getting back, back on the station. You've received a lot of praise from our text line at 960 <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, th- that's still new to me. Uh, it- it's happened. <laughs> I- I've come back a couple of times, and everyone's been really, really nice. And 
Um, that was not necessarily always the case the first time I was here, the, the more extended run. But, uh, yeah, no, it's been good. I really enjoyed the, the fantasy chat we had with, um, Derek, with Brown. Derek Brown earlier this week. Yeah. That was a whole lot of fun. Um, and just getting to chat with you guys. When I when I did my, my first tour of duty here, you and I didn't like we were we hung out a lot, but we yeah. didn't actually do do this whole thing a lot. And then Patty was here, made the great joke about like maybe the flames moved to Houston. Uh, that one just that like came fun. out of nowhere. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. hilarious. And the uh, the Joey Votto stuff was amazing. Yeah. I had nothing to do with it, but it was fun. Joey Votto talking about the New Yorkers hair. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh Yeah, it's just been a fun week. I've um I haven't dreaded the the early morning thing as much as I thought I would. I've uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed my time. I'm glad I don't have to wake up early on Monday, but I've enjoyed it uh, up to this point. And your polished shoes and your hair. Your perfectly quaffed Broadway hair. Yeah, that was good. Was Anytime cool. you can say quaffed on the radio, yeah. you, you just got to take that opportunity. It's no... Uh, Mr. Unlimited. Oh. But nevertheless. Like, I get it. It, it. It's not a pain. It's just like a tightening in my chest when he said... Like, yeah, it's your, just, your skin crawls. It yes. feels like you're covered in bugs. Yeah, like it's actually uncomfortable. There's a lot of people who are hating on us. There's a lot of people looking for us to fail. There's a lot of crows pecking at our neck. Uh, but all you can do is spread your wings, keep flying high until those crows fall off and suffocate from the in inability to breathe. It's a whole other analogy I'll get into later. But uh... Does anybody know if he got into that later? <laughs> no, I can't find it. I don't know if he explained hey, man, elevation and yeah. how, how breathing works. Yeah, if I was there, I would... can we get back to the bird thing with yeah. the crows? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how, they, how we do the fall crows, off. The crows die. <laughs> yeah. and, and why did they fall off, sir? For asphyxiation. And why aren't they just flying? Yeah, why and... are they grabbing on? Does this mean you'd like death on people who are commenting negatively is that what we're getting at here sir is this about the story of the guy who flew too close to the sun is right. that what this is, is? This, is this icarus is this icarus but but then the sun melted the wax on his wings so I he plummeted to his death icarus with crows involved crows very nice yeah. that was good can you add that into the bloopers of the week the <laughs> oh, i got is, no time for that is, 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 that, <laughs> is that good enough to make it uh, i was pretty uh brutal Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, All right, eight fifty four on a Friday. That that's the the best I'm coming up you, with. Now. You know what? I'm just trying to get this thing across the damn finish line. Um. <laughs> All right. I, it's, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks yeah. for hanging out. Thank you. This has been a blast. Uh, we think George is back next week, right? We think so. We believe so. Definitely, yeah. absolutely in studio. That's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> excellent. Yeah, we're gonna keep running with that. <laughs> I don't think Patrick spoiled that enough. <laughs> no. Yeah. Patrick just. Oh, you're only going to see him in a couple months. Yeah. yeah. Just ruining the magic of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. Did you know wrestling's fake too? Yeah. <laughs> and the moon landing? Yeah. And Santa. <laughs> well, I don't think that one's true. Oh, okay. Well, no. My bad. Whoa. Cat's out of the bag. Now. Unbelievable. There are children with. Flag on the play there. You know what? Let's just get out of here. I think we've, <laughs> we've done more than enough damage for today. Uh, you got your thing to play? It's yes, ready? It's, it's ready. prime to go? Uh-huh. I just throw to it, and then that's it? Yeah, just say see ya. See ya. He's like 5'7". Yeah, yeah. I, I don't necessarily share the enthusiasm for the Short King movement that we've had. That's yeah. Kind of, being 6'4 is kind of the only edge I've had on anyone <laughs> over the last little while, so all of a sudden we're celebrating short people. I, I can't get behind that, but yeah, good for him. Um, and we started dating like early summer, so Stampede, mm. we still weren't at the oh, yeah. farting in front of ah, each other yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But a little bit of Stampede, 
stampede food, a little bit of stampede drink, mm. and my stomach felt so <laughs> uncomfortable, but trying to hold that in, and then apparently... Um, when I fell asleep slash passed out that night. I had 41 cores like It all just Ugh. released in just a, a gigantic <laughs> ball of horror. So I was not awake nor aware of it, um, but she very much was. Mm. And so that uh, probably set us back. That probably still, like, we're married now, but probably still haven't fully recovered. Yeah, yet, no, know? there's going to be some couples therapy to yeah. really iron that one out. Stop it. Get some help. Aww. I'm going to grab Kelsey. Andrews or Waller, or I'm just punting the position down the road, and I'll handle it the later rounds of the draft. Because everybody loves Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson. Tugging on his junk. Yeah. And I'm not saying that to love Garrett Wilson. Tugging on his junk. (laughs) What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Garrett Wilson. Tugging on his junk. Weird. She's hard. Yeah. Oh, I'm, oh, oh. just went in. Oh, Olympico. From the corner. Olympico. Are you joking me? Olympico. Oh, oh, oh gross. Oh, that's that an amazing goal. And yes, <laughs> there was an alleged bong rep video of Sean Payton that started floating around yesterday too. <laughs> I'm also infused with cannabis. Cook's been kick, uh, cooking in the kitchen. Yes. Not everyone can be the next Roger Peckinpah, Mad Dog. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're a disgrace. That's all, folks.